Hey everyone, on this episode of the Filmmaking Bros Podcast, we talked to Wes Walker. Wes is a Western lifestyle photographer, and we talked a lot of things about how to define your style as a photographer and a filmmaker, how important the role of color contrast comes into taking your photos and videos. And also, Wes had a lot of really cool stories and some awesome tips on just how to grow as a filmmaker and as a creative in general. Hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Filmmaking Bros Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Richard Bloomer, with my co-host, Will Walker. What's up, fellas and ladies? How are y'all today? And we have a very special guest with us today. We have Will Walker's brother, Wes Walker, here today. Uh, he is a photographer, and Will or Wes, it's going to be confusing for me today, guys. The Will <laughs> and the Wes, it just the back and forth... <laughs> <laughs> but it's been uh West just our entire life so don't worry I know about that at all. And you guys are tall too. Yeah. But today we're actually we're filming each other so that's going to be fun. But uh this to start us off like Wes kind of like tell us a little bit about who you are um and just like what you do kind of like your origin story. Cool. <clears throat> so I went to A&M obviously or not obviously i guess nobody who's listening to this ever has even heard of who i am so anyway but i went to a and uh i graduated had done a bit of traveling uh kind of had like taken some photos was in photography a little bit in college but not like big time or anything and definitely wasn't getting paid to do any kind of photography and uh, i got a job in in college station uh, in marketing actually, which had little to do with photography, but I was like, I don't know, taking some photos, making some videos for a a hardwood flooring company as like the only person in their marketing department. And, uh, kind of while I was working that job, I would just like take trips on the weekends or try to like save up all my pay time off and, and like take a little trip, I don't know, to the desert or something and try to take I don't know, some landscape shots or uh, whatever, and was just like taking photos as much as I could because I was like, ah, I think this is something I probably want to try to do full time in the creative space, but <clears throat> had really no idea like what that even looked like or, or didn't know if people like really even did full time creative at that point. Like it was very much like a, a gray area. And so. Uh, kind of in the middle of me working at that company, Will was like, let's start a company together and we can, uh, basically be a creative agency, like specializing in video production. And so it kind of just started from, from there, from the ground up and just like built out of, I don't know, like shooting weddings and shooting pretty much anything we could get our hands on. Um, and has like totally kind of developed into like a, full creative space for both of us, not only as like an outlet to kind of uh, do something we actually care about, but like, I don't know, actually make money. And it's pretty insane that you can, I don't know, have a full on career like in the video production or the or the photo production space. Um, so anyway, now like I shoot photos and videos, some too, like full time. And um I don't know. Yeah. So what do you, what do you enjoy doing the most? 
I definitely enjoy. Well, we live in Texas. I I enjoy the Western industry a lot more than I ever thought I would. I was actually an agriculture, like animal science major at A and M, and uh, we kind of grew up around like farms and. I guess our grandpa was kind of a cowboy, and so I try to shoot stuff in the Western industry as much as possible, and like work with ranches um, and anybody that like kind of shoots Western life. And so, because every, I mean, doesn't really matter what industry you're in, everybody needs content, and so you can kind of sell people either way. Um, but yeah, there's a couple big ranches in Colorado. I worked with one called Ranchlands. That's a really cool company. That's like a full-on dude ranch still, uh, but they have like four or five huge ranches, like all in the in the U- in the U.S. Nice. Um, but then, I don't know. I, I guess kind of the other side is <clears throat> I like minimal, like simple design. Whether that's like in something I'm like creating in Photoshop or like if I'm shooting a landscape, I try to shoot a photo that's like not like complicated to look at. That's like very, I don't know, like simple, but like conveys like a good message and like very clean is kind of like the area that I aim for the most. Like a, like if I'm shooting a photo, I want it to be uh very easy to tell like what's going on not a lot of noise in the photo uh and i always kind of break the rule of thirds and like usually like center stuff up and and that's a pretty big no-no especially in this industry but i think it's kind of leaning that direction as but it's not like a that's not a rule for for instagram though it's not a rule for instagram but you're it's kind of like on instagram you're all the photos are in vertical, like portrait mode or whatever you call that. Yeah. I guess that's what iPhone like start calling it portrait mode. Like, oh yeah, real cool, dude. And so uh, that kind of like screws up all of what photos were meant to be because people didn't even really shoot like vertical photos that much until social media started happening. Like everybody would just shoot landscape. Yeah. And so <clears throat> you would kind of work within the yeah. rule of thirds from the jump but now it's kind of like everybody shoots vertical because it's like oh i want it to look good for instagram so yeah i don't know uh this uh this really you know what wes is talking about is something that i really want to like dig in today you know i guess a couple of years ago i met wes before i ever met will and we actually met at a crossfit gym funny enough but i met i met wes and one thing that really just stood out to to Wes was to me was that like he had such a defined style of how he shot and it was so unique to anyone else like you can you know follow on Instagram and it's uh it's pretty awesome so like Wes like how did you really figure out like this is how you like to take photos like this minimal like very simple but also like very captivating like It's just the colors that you have, like these kind of earth tone colors. If you yeah. if you go to his Instagram, which is Southwest all lowercase in together, it is just like a man. It's just really nice to look at. Like how did you how did you find this style of, of shooting? Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting because like people don't realize really anybody like how much it goes into like even one photo you post on Instagram. 
like I, I might have posted, yeah, I posted one yesterday morning, not to like plug too much or whatever, but uh, like at Southwest, like fuck, no. We're plugging, but we're I, plugging. I posted one yesterday that was at uh, the Tetons and it was like an elk in the morning. And I took probably like 500 shots around this one that turned out good. And so like there was like, I don't know, five hours of prep that went into like getting one shot in the morning that turned out good where the elk walked just in the right spot underneath like the peak of the mountain. So the mountain lined up with where the elk was so that it had like symmetry within the photo. Uh, And then I like (laughs) sat on the photo for like, I don't know, I shot that photo in October. So I sat on it for like six months until I finally decided like how I wanted to edit it, which is a whole nother segue of like, you may shoot a photo and you, you don't really know how to edit or whatever. So you just like put it in your back pocket and save it for a rainy day. And you might edit it like once every month until you finally figure out like, okay, this is kind of how the photo was meant to be or whatever. But, um, I like kind of hard to talk about the style a little bit, but I guess, um, kind of the ones that do look a little bit more minimal and a little bit more clean in that space, um, are just the ones that turned out among the midst of a thousand crappy photos. And, uh, uh, you alluded to like shooting color a little bit. I definitely cheat sometimes and like turn my color up. And I know that's like super frowned upon or whatever, but it is life. And I've always liked, uh, kind of a pop of, of color in the midst of like more neutral earth tones. And so that's kind of what you were talking about a little bit. So if you've ever looked at photos, I don't know, man, like, have you seen like Schindler's List? You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that movie with? I've never seen it. No. <laughs> okay. So uh... anyway, it's like, it's a super old uh, movie and it's actually like kind of inappropriate, has some inappropriate stuff, but we watched it when I was in high school in English. Our English teacher was like, this movie's awesome. Y'all really need to see it. Don't care if it's inappropriate. He's like, and actually... It's terrible. I don't know if I can tell this, but there's a, there's a kid in that class, and there was like a scene where I don't, mom, I hope our parents don't listen to this, then they'll be like, oh, this is terrible. But there's a spot where there was like a, I don't know, a boobage scene came up, and there's like a girl in bed, and her boobs were out. And our teacher, and this one kid like across the room started laughing, and our teacher, he was like, hey, Ryan. We all know you watch this kind of stuff while you lay in bed at home, so don't act like it's a big deal. (laughs) And we're just like dying, laughing. Uh, But anyway, um, there's this. So anyway, this movie is like, okay, the whole point of the story was this movie is in black and white. Like the whole movie is in black and white. Yeah. Uh, Except for like there's one scene, spoiler alert, where this girl there's like a little girl and she's like in a red dress and that's like the only color in the entire movie like at all and so if you've ever seen those photos that like uh, a mom edits or wherever where it's like black and white and then there's like oh there's like a rose that like that has color you know what i mean like yeah. you've yeah. everybody's oh, yeah. seen oh, yeah. those photos uh-huh. like it's a terrible way to edit like yeah, it's people awful. usually make fun of it yeah, it's terrible. And I make fun of it too. Like there was I saw one last year where like these people were in front of a Christmas tree in downtown and like all the only thing that had color was the Christmas tree. And I was like, Yeah, that looks awful or whatever. But 
anyway, out of that same fire, I like birthed this sort of <laughs> uh, style where you don't do black and white, but you you kind of mute a lot of other stuff and give a little bit of emphasis to whatever subject matter you want. And so mm, whether it's yeah. somebody like um, in the, you'll see this a lot on, on like Instagram too, where like somebody's in the forest or like on a mountaintop or something and they're either wearing like a yellow or a red uh, jacket or there's their tent will be yellow or red or something that really contrasts with nature where it's yep, like green yep, or yep. they're like in Iceland and it's like white or whatever. Well, like that's, uh, they're like doing that on purpose, obviously. Like, and so, yeah. and that's a kind of a big reason that like Patagonia or North Face or the outdoor companies will make like the stark, uh, like contrasting colors, uh, because you uh, like, whenever you're doing big, like ice climbs or whatever, or like outdoor sports, you, you want like your clothes to stand out so you can see, mm-hmm other people but also it's really good for photos so you can stand out and so <clears throat> that's yeah. kind of a an area i've drawn into like with photography is you whatever you're trying to convey like the message in that photo like if i'm shooting a cowboy and he's like which i haven't shot this photo but it's like one i i want to try to someday and he's like smoking a cigarette uh like out in the desert or something like at night and it's like you were about to say something. No, I'm <laughs> and, it, and it's like, uh, it's like the blue hour, you know, like it's really, really, oh, really yeah, late. Yeah. And, and I already you, know what you're going to say. Yeah. And so what, what did he say? I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> and so like, imagine like you have like the really like the yellow warm tone contrast coming from like his face, like the cigarette. Cause it's like kind of blown up that way. But then everything else behind him is obviously like blue. So you yep. get the contrasted mm-hmm. space of like uh, the differentiated and you can kind of convey messages a different way. So I don't yeah. know. Yep. I <clears throat> I try to shoot photos and I don't like do this always. I'm like every photo I take has meaning. But I try to like take photos where uh, I kind of like care about whenever I post them, you know. And so I don't know. Yeah, I no, I think bit. that I think that you're like this is something that I feel like a lot of people have a hard time understanding to a certain point. I know for me, it took me a long time to understand color contrast. You know, it took me a little bit to understand symmetry. It took me a little bit, you know, to understand these things, but like color contrast came kind of late for me. Honestly, when I started to do more color grading, I understood it, but you know, it's one of those things that is very like subtle in the image but it makes a massive difference. And, yeah. you know, if you watch movies, if you want, you know, look at photos or whatever, or any commercials, you know, the color contrast is so important to everything they do. Like how the set right. design, like the colors in the background, like the clothes the person's wearing, because mm-hmm. you don't want to wear a white shirt against a white background, you know? Right. And, uh, like that, I feel like is super cool that, that came to you so naturally and like you you kind of found enjoyment in that you know was that something that just kind of like uh just from that movie you just kind of understood or is it like you kind of played around with or you kind of started to view the world in a different lens of like these contrasting colors yeah i definitely just played around with it but kind of like you alluded to you like i've watched and it's funny because i used to like make fun of people for watching movies too much uh, but now it feels like homework 
basically <laughs> kind of watching movies and like going to the movies and also the movie theater here like has the best pizza <laughs> in the entire world. It's <laughs> so good. Uh, so I'll go see like a crappy movie, just eat the pizza. But um, like if you watch like Blade Runner or yeah, uh, Blade Runner is a really good example of like because uh, they shot it extra wide and then they obviously use colors in every single scene to kind of explain everything that's going on and they also use like yeah. very contrasted like light and dark uh bright lights to dark lights and so um it's kind of like the prime example of like i don't know color and how it like tells a story within a story a little bit i don't know that i don't know if that makes sense yeah it tells a story within a story but that makes sense to me. a lot of movies do that especially with people if they like know what they're doing and especially i mean obviously big time filmmakers know what they're doing and they like get paid a ton of money to do it so um but if you watch like that or uh if you watch like even like la la land <clears throat> mm -hmm. everything in that whole movie it starts out super super bright and all the colors are so vivid and like the opening scene they're like dance all over the place and everybody's wearing like all the prime colors of like red blue and yellow and everything is like the happiest and then as the movie eventually and we're getting into like kind of like a lot of like artsy type theories yeah, and stuff yeah. so yeah <laughs> but anyway like i will try to get too technical i don't know who all listens to this they're gonna be like what the heck are these dudes talking no, about no, but no. they'll like it as like la la land starts it's like very vivid colors everywhere obviously in the moods like very happy because these two people just met um, but as the movie digresses into the end you'll notice that uh, not only the music gets more serious the colors get less vivid to like explain this yeah. message that uh, I mean it's getting more serious and getting more real the whole movie stops being kind of like this fairy tale-esque type like because there I mean there's a scene where they're like floating in the in the room like dancing around like obviously that can't happen uh and but yeah. it's it like they get grounded the more the movie goes on and then by the end of it it's like just totally real life and the colors are almost like normal looking by the end and they're not going for like pop and stuff as much it definitely gets darker and so that is like a super cool example of a movie that uh uses color theory to kind of explain uh, like the narrative at the movie at the same time. So, yeah. 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 I've never, I've never really thought about it. And, uh, uh especially La La Land, like that's super true. Yeah. yeah you're going to, really you're going to cool. be watching that tonight at home. You're going to be like, Oh my gosh, Wes was, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will. Yeah. Just, uh, to ask you a question, or I guess like explain, if you could like explain to people a little bit more of like, what exactly like color contrast means if if maybe maybe someone doesn't understand that like what yeah. would you say so color contrast and i don't know the specific like i don't know the specific definition for this but in my in my own words it would be just making making things pop making things stand out so like you were saying don't let things wash into each other so if colors are super close to each other if you got a brown and a tan or if you got different shades of greens just make sure a lot of times if you look at a color wheel you go if, if something's one color you go to the opposite color on the other side of the wheel um, a lot of times that's the way you need to do or a lot of times like if 
like Wes was saying, like with the shot that he wants to get with the cowboy with the cigarette, because I know what he's talking about because he wants the cowboy and the sky to be blue, but he wants the cigarette and the light coming from the ashes to be orange because those mm-hmm. colors are opposite on the color wheel and they contrast each other very well. And it's very pleasing to the eye when that, when you do that. So um, <clears throat> if you, if, and if, if you look at a color wheel and then if you kind of go through famous people on Instagram <clears throat> or lots of things on YouTube, you look at like the big, the big people on it, on YouTube, like uh, Taylor cut, Sam Colder, all this stuff, all their stuff is shot with a blue and teal, um, yeah, yeah, like a color grade because <clears throat> blue and teal. Is, people say it's one of the most pleasing looks to the eye. Um, <clears throat> it's or the, so, the teal and orange. Yeah, teal and orange. Yeah, yeah, teal and orange. My bad. And um, <clears throat> it's 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 easy to grade one, and also like yeah, it's it's pleasing to the eye. Uh, you can say it looks super cinematic. Uh, a lot, a lot of times, especially on on uh, YouTube, it's super overdone, like um, pushed, pushed way, way, way too far um, in the stuff. That's my opinion, anyways. But uh, to go back, contrast, <laughs> contrast is, um, yeah. So, like what you're saying, if you're if you're shooting an interview, <clears throat> and your interviewee comes in, <clears throat> sorry, I got. Junk in my throat. It's um, Flynn. We're we're freezing. Flynn. There's a blizzard going on in Texas right now, and we're all dying inside. So yes, uh, Will and Wes, uh, the the whole whole all of Will's family uh, last night slept in Will's ha- or Wes's house. Yeah, slept yeah. in my house because yeah. they are out of power. Because you know <gasps> Texas people aren't used to that ten degree weather. Yeah, and no, for, we're not. Yeah, the whole whole state was under a snow warning like and every so, single county like a blizzard warning so which they were is doing like rolling shutouts of power yeah. throughout the state so you'd have power for like an hour and a half and then yeah. go for who knows how long without power and we so. said it was because all the californians are moving from california to <laughs> Texas. oh my and gosh so, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like dude we had to bring the rolling blackouts with us man so yeah anyway oh, so uh so back to the if you have if you're interviewing someone your subject and you have a white background, you don't want them to wear a white shirt or like a light tan shirt. You want them to wear something that's that will contrast very sharply against that white background. So like uh, a black shirt, uh, a blue shirt, just anything, probably not anything uh, super bright. Like you don't want like a bright yellow or anything like that. And I mean, you don't want bright colors anyways, super bright because you're going to be lighting them up. But um just something like a blue, a red, something like a prime that would contrast pretty hard against that a white <clears throat> background. Um, yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned uh, like some of the YouTubers like this isn't really a fad. Like this is like totally normal. Like the beginning of time. And uh, I feel like we uh, almost <clears throat> need like a, a color chart. Like these are your primary colors, and like can <laughs> like show people because it really is. And and so the very best example. And this is used in marketing. And this is like the dumbest down example ever is if you go and look at a McDonald's sign, like up in the air mm-hmm. on, yeah. a, on, a, <laughs> on a bright day, like the sky's blue. Okay, sky's always going to yep. be blue. Yep. And they made the sign yellow and red. Yep. That's the two primary colors that contrast with blue. And so that sign, uh, no matter where it is, is going to pop and stand out of the sky yep. like no matter what. And that's kind of one yeah. of the things that 
like drove their business to the very top from the jump was yeah. like they had this sign. It's just like Bucky's too. Yeah, like yeah. Bucky's. Like people understand that like these this is a great way to market and this is yeah. how color works. Yeah. And so kind of once you figure out which colors work and it's not just those colors, like every color has an opposite, I think like purple and green, but you don't see like a lot of purple and green like in film and stuff, but you'll always see <clears throat> like if you watch Blade Runner or one of those movies there'll be scenes where it's like all blue and then there's a tiny bit of yellow or orange or whatever and there'll be a scene where it's all yellow and there's a tiny bit of blue and and vice versa or whatever and yep. so yeah um it's it's pretty cool so check out the mcdonald's sign next time you're out and, <laughs> and you'll be like oh, i'm gonna shoot. look at it like, so differently now <laughs> yeah for sure so you know i'm gonna kind of like get like kind of religious with you guys but I always just like think it's amazing. You know, I love like sunsets and I love when the yeah. sun rises. Mm-hmm. I think it's so amazing that like the sunset is, I think one of the, the most beautiful things that you can see like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, on a daily basis. And it's that perfect contrast of this orange and this blue, you know? And I just like, I'm always like, man, God is a, he's a, he knows color contrast too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he knew what he was doing when he was, uh, when he was making things and yeah, yeah you're so right. That's, that's such a cool point. It's cool. Cause okay. like, um, if you've ever, like, I, I, I mean, I, anytime you're out like shooting photos or whatever, and I especially know, remember this from like a couple locations, um, on trips where you're in a spot and you're like, dang, this is like a really cool spot or like the mountains are really cool or whatever, but it's like the middle of the day. And, um, for those of you that like don't shoot photos that much, like you don't typically take really good photos in the middle of the day. It's usually at the golden hour and which is basically sunrise or sunset or like the hour before, I don't know. You know what I mean? So even way, it's when the lights are getting low and like the color starts to pop, but you could be in a place that's like very, the colors are just boring. And then all of a sudden it's going to pop like right when the start sun starts to go down and that's like prime time. And so it's kind of cool that you could be in this one spot and you just have to wait for like the right time. And then everything is going to light up with color like at the right time. So, yeah, I got two questions for you. One, what percentage would you say of your photos is during like this kind of the perfect, you know, golden hour time? Yeah. Like what percentage is, would you say all your photos are taken during that? And like, then after that, tell us like a story of something that you did to like get the shot during that time. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I think that probably like 80% of all the ones I ever post are during the golden hour. Um, and it's like I, I tweeted the other day, and I'm not going to plug my Twitter because it is not a good thing to follow. It's, it's like basically me ranting and stuff. Um, but I tweeted the other day, I was like, dude, I see all these photographers posting photos in the very coolest places, but they didn't wait until the golden hour to shoot, and their photos are like not as cool as they could be, and it makes no sense to me. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It really does make a huge difference, like shooting at the right time of day than like in the middle of the day. But that said, I started shooting film a whole lot more recently. And, uh, the thing about film, uh, that if you shoot, it depends on what like stock film you're shooting. And when I say film, I mean like the old school film, like Ansel Adams, like you load the roll into the back, like still film, not like rolling 
uh, filmography type stuff. So like the old school, you know, whatever. And um, that you can shoot in like kind of the middle of the day. And it has a style like in its own that looks kind of cool in the middle of the day. And and you're shooting bright stuff a lot of the time. And so I have started shooting a lot more in the middle of the day with film. But kind of one of the spots I was alluding to was when I was backpacking in Patagonia with my cousin out of California. This was like, I guess it was two years ago now. Um, We were in Chile or Chile. Uh, Chile. Chile. That's what like (laughs) the cool kids say. Like we were down there. We're like, we're trying to go to Chile. And they're like, no, 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 it's Chile. And I was like, ah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. (laughs) And so anyway, we, there's this, um, there's this one spot where it's called the towers, I think, or I can't remember the name of, I think it's called Laguna Torre, maybe. Um, I don't know. There's so many like Lagunas, uh, down there that you would go to that they kind of all like blended together at the end. But this was like our very last spot. And, uh, we camped, we had to camp kind of a long way from it. And we, we were on like this five day backpacking trip, uh, and the circuits called the W and like, dude, this whole subject is like, I read a thousand blogs about it and like the best way to shoot this place and all kinds of stuff, uh, before I went and I still never knew enough. Um, but anyway, so we had to get up at like, I don't know, three 30 in the morning. And, and we hiked for probably three hours uh, just with headlamps on. And it was like straight uphill the whole way uh, to get to this uh, really cool like alpine lake that sits at the very top of this mountain to get there for sunrise to like see the alpine glow, uh, which is like whenever, uh, I don't know, the sun shines different because it hits really high points early and it'll it like blows up the tops of mountains and it like gives this like morning sunrise glow that's like different than anything else you can see in the world so that's kind of why it's like cool to get up early in the mountains early because you can see a different kind of sunrise you'd never ever see but so we got up there and and like my cousin Alex he's a he's a news reporter in Bakersfield California and neither of us were in like super good shape and I think Alex was like feeling sick the night before and in this dude is like He's like throwing up on the way up and we oh I mean we were, we were both struggling. I think he took like three or four Advil. He's not a photographer either. He's not a photographer. He's just going. We were just like trying to like adventure and stuff and I was like, dude, this will be a good spot. Like uh. this is a very <laughs> rugged spot on earth. And so if you've ever been down there, you know that like once you're out of the town, there's just like nothing there. Like it is rugged. And um so he's like throwing up, we're hiking my headlamp goes out. I'm like basically following like a trail of headlights all the way up to the top of the uh, lake that's like sits up top. And we like barely made it to the top. It is like so cold and so windy. Like it's it's like 75 mile an hour winds. Like it's known for having high winds down there. Um, and it's just like brutal. Uh, and my hands, I think I'm wearing like two pairs of gloves uh, and just like, absolutely sweating you know like when you hike um you you might be like so cold on like external spots but you're just like dripping on the inside because it's yeah yeah um so we get to the top and then like the sky finally starts to light up and it's i have like photos where it's like super blue in a couple spots 
and then has like a tiny bit of like pinks uh, where it's like kind of starting to blow up. And that's like another color scheme I really like in, in photos, especially in uh, like sunrise sunsets is like finding the pinks because you don't see pinks a whole lot in nature. So it's kind of cool to see uh, pinks like in the wild, you know what I mean? So like pinks yeah. and like really light oranges. Um, and so we trek to the top and, and like the sun starts to come up and this whole sky, like 360 degrees, just like starts blowing up. Uh, and it's like highlights the mountains really cool. And, um, I don't know, we got some pretty sweet bangers, so to say. And so, um, (laughs) it was really cool. And, and it was just like, I mean, it was a lot of work. Uh, to see one spot and and I mean people do that trek up every single day to go to this one spot and and, I mean they do it for a reason it's like one of the coolest spots I've ever been Um, but was just like exhausted when I got to the top and it's almost like if you've if you've ever done anything like that you you're like so tired and burnt out you kind of don't even feel like taking photos You're you're just you're just like oh dude we made it and you could almost just like sit and watch and just like take it in but i mean definitely take some photos uh yes it it may be one of those spots where you only get to go like once in your lifetime so i don't know but yeah yeah, i don't know there's a lot of hikes and stuff like that but i feel like that's pretty typical whenever you're hiking and trying to find like a a certain spot that's i don't know a trail out so you're that's usually a pretty normal situation but uh kind of sucks is there a for for anyone that is trying to find their style or trying to find what they want to shoot? What's what's some advice you would give them um, that just a beginner beginner photographer or a videographer yeah. or creative in general? Um, what's some advice that you would give them to yeah so that they could help find their style <clears throat> their own style? So it really is, and every photographer videographer that you've ever seen anybody uh, that is successful in the industry once upon a time took really crappy photos or took really crappy videos uh, and like worked through the swamp and like waded through uh, and just like kept creating content over and over and over until they kind of found exactly what they wanted to shoot. Uh, and so um, if you look at like, gosh, what's that guy's name? Roger, Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins. Oh yeah. Like yeah. if you look at his style, that's like one of the ones that I look at a ton. Um, that di- like that didn't happen overnight, and no. so um, he for sure shot a bunch of crap at the beginning of his career that nobody ever saw because uh, he probably didn't post on social media or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. um, it's just like it's a process; it really is. And so, like, I didn't know that I wanted to shoot a lot of Western life until I kind of got the opportunity, and it, and it kind of. Uh, just happened organically where I happened to be on some ranches and was around horses and whatever. Um, And so I think the style is less about like the kind of content you shoot, but more about how you're shooting it. Because once you kind of figure out your own style, eventually, uh, no matter what you shoot, people would kind of be able to tell that it's your photo, you know, or it's your video. And so that's what it, like Roger Deakins has done. It's like 
you could not know it's his. You could go to the movies and totally be unaware of like what movie you're seeing. And then you could have like a two out of three guess and probably be able to guess that it's his movie. And so he's a really good example of somebody that's like developed a style through his whole lifetime. And, and now people are like, yeah, dude, that's, that's him. And so, and he doesn't shoot just like one kind of story, you know what I mean? And he shoots all kinds of stuff. And so, um, whether I'm like shooting Western or landscapes or even like, like, I mean, shoot weddings on occasionally, it's like not very fun, but it pays the bills. <laughs> and so we give, we give too much hate to wedding. wedding yeah, I, I do Last too. Episode did did y'all trash weddings? A little, a little bit. <laughs> we, <laughs> we already did. We apologize. Okay. We apologize. Yeah, we said Dude. sorry. The wedding industry is a billion dollar industry that people don't realize and that um, it's like, dude, you shoot two weddings a month and you're a photographer and you they're priced like four grand a month. That's a that's a lot of money Uh, for a year. That's I mean, that's a lot of money for a lot of people. And so uh, weddings have definitely put food in our mouths for a time in the right space. Uh, And so um it is what it is but anyway i think your style has a lot less to do with what kind of content you're shooting and more how you develop it over time would you say it's kind of just like you just need to get out and get after it that is 100 percent accurate yeah and so i think that's what people like struggle with the most is because a lot of people like work normal jobs or like they're like oh i don't have time to do whatever uh but i mean you can take photos like in your house like you can take photos uh a lot of like uh, if you shoot like street like street is kind of the cool example of street was born out of people being in a space where they were like dude i really don't have anything to shoot but i'll shoot street but and so like like last night yeah and so like we we drove around last night and it was snowy everywhere and we're like dude we'll we'll go shoot whatever we can (laughs) find and and so we just shot like a bunch of random crap and it's like who knows what it'll look like if it pans out or, or whatever. But um, that's kind of how street photography was born out of just wanting to create something, but not exactly having the best space to shoot it. And now it's grown into like a huge industry and, and people go to New York and, and I've done this too. And, or go like uh, India is a really cool place. Like people are shooting street now because of the vivid colors. But if you go to like New York, people are shooting street because it, it has a lack of colors and you're shooting gray tones all over the place. And mm. so, um, yeah, I think that it's a really terrible excuse to say like, oh, I don't have opportunities to shoot. And so that's not true at all. I mean, I, which I, I like started this movie the other night, uh, Malcolm and Marie. Have you seen this movie? It's no. like, uh, it's on Netflix, but it's, it has, uh, Zendaya and oh, yeah. the dude yeah. from Tenet and it's in black and white mm-hmm. but it's cool it's, and it's like a cool example and, and I can't really uh, prop it up or whatever because I didn't watch it and I think it like had a lot of language so watch out and uh, um, it's just like shot in their house though like the whole movie and so it's it like it's kind of boring Yeah, but it also shows you can make whatever you want, like in your own house. Like if you have a good enough uh, creative streak and like can come up with a storyline and come up with creative shots, like there's shots everywhere you look. You just kind of got to go find them. And so I think that's kind of the name of the game at the end of the day. What are some ways that you've like challenged yourself, you know, maybe the past couple of years or even now that like 
push yourself to grow and to get better and to like just improve overall. Yeah. I think that kind of what I just alluded to is like taking, I took a couple trips and I, I knew that it was going to be hard to shoot photos there. And also I've just been to locations where I thought that I was going to be super inspired to shoot something and I really wasn't, or like the photos didn't really turn out that good. And like when I went to New York, I don't know, this was like three or four years ago at Christmas time. I went with the same cousin that I went to Patagonia with and, and he's been in New York like, I don't know, like a dozen times. And so he knew everything, but I was basically going just to try to shoot street. And um, cause I'd never yeah. shot any street photography before. And I was like, you know what? Anytime you have the opportunity to shoot something that's different from what you normally are shooting is a good opportunity to grow and kind of think outside the box and, and create a space within your own work that's gonna um, make you think differently and, and look at things a little bit different. And so most of the stuff I took in New York turned out pretty terrible, but it like, uh, it gave me the kind of the creative space to see stuff a little bit different and, and think outside the box of like, um, how do you frame this shot up or, or how do you shoot without color as much or uh, like it rained really, really big one day we were there and it was like, how am I going to use uh, the water reflections in photos to kind of create an even bigger depth of field within the game uh, I'm shooting in. And so uh, I think yeah. that kind of doing things that you know are going to be hard uh, is always a good way to kind of um, hmm. sharpen up whatever you're doing. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that you said doing things that you know are going to be hard. And I would write that down if you, you know, if you could, because I feel like we just often we get in this comfort zone where we just do what we think that we're good at and know that we're good at because yeah. it's easy. But like once you get outside of that comfort zone to do something that's difficult that you've never done, that's whenever mm -hmm. you're like, man, this is awesome, and you see the growth later on. For sure, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, also, you know, I know we're talking about photos today a lot, and you know that Wes is a photographer, but you know, this this is the filmmaking bros podcast, but like taking good photos and understanding how to take good photos is also like another thing that can really help your filmmaking because you know what do they say the thing is like a you can tell a you know a picture tells a thousand words or something like that i can't mm -hmm. i can't remember what the saying is but like i mean when you're when you're going out and shooting <laughs> video you're basically you're basically doing the same thing you're taking just photos but every 24 seconds you know or 24 photos in a second yeah. So like you're doing the same exact thing, but now you have movement and you have other ways to tell a story. But like, you know, I would challenge people to, to view your, you know, everything that you're shooting as like a photo. How are you composing it? How are you lighting it? You know, how are you, yeah. you know, what's the composition of it, you know? And, uh, you can get some, some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. I would say the majority, the majority of the famous, uh, DPs and people big time in the industry, I would almost put money on it. The majority of them started out as photographers, taking photos, mm -hmm. experimenting that way. So, yeah. yeah. 
what I what I love uh, to do sometimes to kind of like challenge that, you know, taking just a, a photo but in video, and just bringing a tripod, setting my camera on that, and just composing shots with no movement, but just composing whether it's a person or you know whatever it is shooting like a b-roll and like trying to compose shots to make those look engaging and like nice to look at just from it standing still and i love the dps and the filmmakers that do that in their films and it's like just like that one little still frame of video is so like captivating to look at yeah that that makes me think of uh your boy philip bloom like he's, nah, i knew you're gonna say that yeah that's i mean he's a, He's he. That's a, like the best example of what you just talked about. Is he? I I bet he shoots the majority of his stuff on on tripod. I mean, if you if you watch his stuff on YouTube, it's always on a tripod. Um, uh, yeah, he he's great at framing that stuff up. That's one thing that I really need to work on because I don't don't do not enjoy uh, shooting on a tripod. I like I like having it in my hands um, and and creating movement, but I need to grow in my tripod game yeah it's it's hard because like a lot of the the shoots that we do for like work and like yeah. stuff that actually pays the bills we're shooting on uh like it's, it's running gun and we're shooting yeah. on a ronin and so and if uh, you don't shoot it on your gimbal they'll be like no get your like they're paying for it they're exactly. like no we're shooting on your gimbal. <laughs> and get so it out. it's and, it's yeah. it's this mix of like i don't know another and not to be like super hipster or whatever but like i mean i like wes anderson and i like uh, I enjoy a Wes Anderson film. Like, shoot me. Like, who cares? And so, uh, he this dude shoots a lot on tripod and and has very centered up shots. Um, and rarely would you see like a, a shot that's like a stabilized big motion yeah. action type shot. But yeah. it's it, everything is very still, very perfect. And the, the only way to really get that kind of shot is on a tripod. And you and you don't move the camera, but you let the scene unfold on its own without having to let the yeah. camera tell a story. And that's, so that's a, that's art right there. Let it be impatient. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So if, if you guys ever want to do something fun, just bring out a tripod and say, you know, I have to set up my camera and make, you know, whatever, some B roll sequence and make it look good without having any movement or any like, you know focus pulling or anything how can you make yeah. it look good how can i how can i make <clears throat> this cool and i remember doing that at the uh i do this for crossfit sometimes which is one movement where it's like super there's a lot of movement you know a lot of times it's nice to have it on like a gimbal or handheld but like i'll like just set up my camera and challenge myself to you know how can i make this entertaining to whoever's going to watch this with just a tripod and it's it's pretty fun you get some very it kind of like gets your creative juices going you know Mm -hmm. yeah well you know i would say uh so we can wrap it up um wes do you have anything else you feel like would be be good to tell our audience that might be beneficial for them um, or just a way way that they could learn more. Um, I don't I don't want to be like too corny um, or whatever, but I mean I'm a pretty corny guy. Like I mean, whatever. So um, I actually so I'm like kind of writing a book, and it, it has a lot to do with like 
all kinds of stuff that like I've been through and it has to do with God and it has to do with like shooting photos and, and like past relationships that like went wrong or whatever. And it could be pretty interesting. And so anyway, um, I was laying in bed last night. I'm going to pull my notes up because, um, I have a chapter that's on like taking photos and, and, and like what you can learn from that. And I like jotted down some notes cause I was like, dude, I, I want to put this in the book. And so I'm just going to kind of like read, read what I wrote. And this would be like in like the, the beginning of a chapter and it, you may not know it's like about like cameras or film or whatever, but, uh, imagine a man hands you an object that can feed you, can make you happy, can give you an outlet, help you make friends, help you find a relationship see the world different, make people smile, start revolutions, make people cry. That's a camera. It's like a camera and, and this outlet that we're doing like photo or video, it really is the end all way to like find yourself and to find um, the beauty in everything. And so uh, it, can, it can be anything you want, uh, but it can be everything like all at the same time. And so I think that any photographer, videographer that's really ever like been through the been through the swamp and then been back in the like in the mountaintop experience can tell you that like this is an outlet that creates uh, and kind of gives you a lot of what you need to know about life. And so that's what I kind of say. And I think that shooting photos has definitely like given me um, the outlet to like, I don't know, just figure out a lot of stuff and, and figure out a lot of stuff about God and about relationships and about just how the world kind of works. And so I know a lot of people struggle with like anxiety and stuff, but if you ever want to figure a lot of that stuff out, you need to pick up a camera and <laughs> we'll definitely like give you a way to like see stuff different, you know? So dude, I love that so much. That yeah. is, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> that, was, that was very well put that was uh that was that's awesome i'm ready for this book to come out now <laughs> yeah I, i'll read it yeah i'm kind of excited about it. i i i was on a trip last weekend and in, in baja mexico and i was shooting with these these new guys i'd never met and it was like in this really sketchy kind of situation where and i'll talk about it more in the book but basically i had never met these guys in person and and they were like hey you need to get like $500 in cash and uh, like, and, and like for Mexico, like for an emergency or whatever. And I was like, dude, like, do I even trust these guys? Like, yeah. what oh am I doing? Gosh. And and I had to cross the border with one of them into Mexico with all of like my camera gear. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm glad I took out that life insurance policy and a business insurance policy <laughs> because like, I, I could I could not only be murdered while I'm over here, but also like get all of my gear stolen or whatever. And so um, it was definitely kind of a leap of faith last weekend uh, and an opportunity to grow. But um, I started writing that while I was on this trip and, and was in like some sketchy situations and was just really tired and, and kind of had the opportunity to write down a bunch of random thoughts of like past trips and and relationships that have gone very south and you know i mean there's lots of stuff involved but anyway yeah yeah awesome yeah that's awesome well wes i love i love your passion for what you do and just like how 
how much thought and effort and like how much you put yourself into your work and it's you can easily you know can see that with everything that you do and that's why it's so good you know how could uh, our audience um you know learn more about you check you out all that kind of stuff yeah well my instagram is southwest and it's a whole other story about how i got that instagram (laughs) handle Uh, i had to buy it from a guy and it was like a six-month process but um it's southwest and um i think that's probably my main social media and i don't really i try not to use anything else too too much i'm i'm already addicted enough to like seeing that i actually probably use pinterest more than any social media and a lot a lot of people be like pinterest like you use pinterest and even like my mom the other day i was like yeah i saw this on pinterest she's like why are you on pinterest like what the heck that's for like housewives like doing cabinet designs or whatever but shameless plug to pinterest that is the best way to like find new ideas concepts all kinds of stuff that you would never see anywhere else. Uh, and you just like, I just use it to like save stuff over and over and over. Um, and I do that on Instagram too, but uh, it has a really good like creative pool of, of content you would never see anywhere else. Uh, but Instagram is, is where people could follow me and, and see that. I, I try not to do too many stupid stories, but I usually do anyway. So it is what it is. <laughs> Man, there's some nuggets in this episode. Some good ones. <laughs> I feel like there are. People are going to be nuggets. watching La-, La La Land and be like, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Will, you close it out. All right. Sounds good. Well, Wes, we thank you so much for joining us. This was lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, it could have. You made it fun this time, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for waking up early to do this. For sure, us. man. Glad we <laughs> yeah. had coffee. I'm, um yeah uh maybe some point we'll we'll have you back on we'll talk about the progress of the book what else you're shooting what what like you're shooting next what's been your inspiration if you're if you're uh your your look has changed any with with your photography or you got any future trips coming up we'll uh yeah at some point we'll check back in and talk but again thank you so much for joining us and thank you guys for for listening today um i hope it was a treat for you it was a treat for us for richard and i and um, I hope you learned something from Wes. And uh, if you can, uh, you can't like an episode, but give us a five-star review. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, hey, if you put it on YouTube, you could like <laughs> yeah, it. We, I think it. We may put it on YouTube because poten- we filmed today. But Potentially put it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Instagram. But give us a five-star review. Um, prescribe to our podcast if, if you want to. We would love it. Uh, we're going to be continuing to roll out episodes uh, regularly. And uh, we hope you all have a good day and talk to you all soon.